What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great and having a wonderful day. For those of you that are brand new to Grace Church, we're so glad you're here. Uh, we appreciate your willingness to come and check a church out. For those of you watching online, you're absolutely part of us, and we hope that you can feel God's presence. And, and we're in a series about fear. We've been talking about fear over these last several weeks, and my main text for this message is going to be 2 Corinthians chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up there. If you have your Bible app on your mobile device, do that. The verses will be on the screen for you to follow along, certainly. But we've talked about a number of different aspects of fear. And so the thing that's really interesting is even though fear affects us, we don't have to let fear have any authority in our life. You know, fear it has come and it's caused issues and problems in our life. And I mean, let's be honest, there are major issues that we've had, things that we're significantly afraid of in our life. And we've addressed a number of those. And so I just thank, I thank God because of Jesus. We don't have to be held back by fear any longer. Uh, it's so big, it's so important. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely the truth where we can give God praise because he's continuing to break us free. You know, fear, it, it, it paralyzes us. It prevents us from moving forward in the things that God has for us. And so I just, I don't, I don't feel like we have to be there anymore. We don't have to be held down any longer. And so today in this message, I wanna go a little bit deeper. Uh, I hope that's okay. I hope you have a little bit of anticipation. Uh, and, and anytime I say that I'm gonna go a little bit deeper, you should, you should get a little bit nervous. Uh, you should be a little bit nervous, a little bit of anticipation. The Holy Spirit is really what it is because I've been praying. I've been praying for you uh, that God would move powerfully in this service uh, through his scripture and that big things would happen because that's what we're believing for. Because in previous messages, you know, in this, in this series, we've talked about a number of different things, how we allow fear in. Uh, we've talked about how we can prevent fear from continuing to come in. Last week, I talked about insecurities, you know, and so we all have different things that we're battling through and working through. And so the thing that I want to focus on today, though, is what happens when we address fear and we talk about it, but we don't do anything about it. What happens when we say, oh, yes, I have fear, but we let it remain, we let the fear stay in our life and hold us back. So in scripture, it talks about this very specifically and it uses a really strong word. It uses the word stronghold. It says that when we allow fear to remain in our life, it becomes like a stronghold that we experience. And so what I wanna do is I just wanna pause and I wanna pray and ask that the Lord would speak to us. Uh, through his word during this time. And so God, we come before you. Father, thank you for this time that we could get together as a church, uh, just as, as a group of people that follow after you. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you so much that you're the head of this church. You're our leader and we wanna be passionate for you and live for you. Uh, but Jesus, we just wanna acknowledge that we've got some fears. We've got some strongholds. And so Lord, would you speak to us? Would you allow your Holy Spirit to be present here as we look into your word, into your scripture, that it would just come alive to us and help us to see and recognize the strongholds in our life. In your name we pray, amen. So if you have your Bibles, we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm gonna start in verse three and you can follow along. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds. Everybody say strongholds. Strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey 
Christ. And so Paul is the author of the, this letter to, to the church in Corinth, to the Corinthians. This is, he, he wrote multiple letters to this church. And so he's using some very specific language though to help them understand what's going on. Because this term stronghold is a military term. It absolutely has military connotations. So if you're in the military and you serve or have served previously, we thank you so much, but you get the word stronghold. You're taught about what a stronghold is. So if, if you're trying to defend a city or a spot, you create strongholds. Uh, if, you're, if you're needing to attack or to move into a city, into an area and to take it over, you have ways and techniques to defeat those strongholds that the enemy has put up. Right, so this is very much military terminology. So basically, you know, if you've watched a military movie or you, you just understand, it, it makes sense. So when, when, a, when the military or the army has a particular area, they'll put up walls, you know, at, at, to, to create a stronghold. They'll put up barbed wire. They may di dig trenches in a particular area. That way they can get down in the trench to be out of the, the line of fire, right? So we're, they're digging in. They're establishing a stronghold to say, you know what? You can try and come and attack us, but we're dug in hard. We're gonna hold our ground as best we can. And so what I wanna share with you is there are strongholds that the enemy has brought in our life and he's dug in. And what he tries to do is, is he tries to establish those strongholds and get the high ground. If you, if you understand just strategy, you know you wanna be on the high ground. It's easier to defend the high ground. Right, so because you got to come uphill to try and you know take that particular area, that spot. That's why the fortresses were were on on high ground. And so Paul is writing to the people of Corinth to that church, and he uses this term stronghold, and they would get it because in Corinth there was a citadel, and there was a citadel on the high ground in that city. So it just you know being on the high ground, it makes it easier to see the enemy when they're coming. It's easier to defend, and so he's using language that we have to understand you know, regarding the spiritual aspect of our life because Paul is talking about how fear has now taken the high ground and developed a stronghold in our heart. That's what he's talking about. He's not talking about specific military with guns, knives, swords, spears, and horses. No, 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 no. He's talking about the spiritual aspect of warfare and how fear has the high ground in our life. And unfortunately, when we allow that to remain, when we allow those fears to remain, what happens is it does develop a stronghold. And so when we do that, when we allow it to remain, that fear then will dictate our thoughts. Uh, it will dictate our emotions. It will affect our decisions. And that's why Paul is talking about oh, the, all those particular things where we've got to take our thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Because he's saying, you've got strongholds of fear in your life. And so we just, we have to recognize that we absolutely can and probably do currently have a stronghold in our life. Because unfortunately, many of us have allowed this to happen. You know, it, it happened in di for different reasons, in different circumstances. Maybe it's from your past. You know, maybe it's something recent uh, that came in your life where you're going, man, this is, this is just such a big deal and this is causing me issues and problems and it's recent. Sometimes we have issues of fear and strongholds that are years old, decades old, or even potentially the whole span of our life. But what happens is 
The reason we have those strongholds is because the devil's communicating particular lies to us all along the way. And sometimes he uses other people to influence us in a negative way, and it happens. But when we allow those fears and instances to remain, it becomes a stronghold. So let me just give you some examples of what a stronghold of fear might look like in your life. Like last week, I talked about insecurities. If you weren't here for that message, you can absolutely go to YouTube and watch that message. So powerful. I feel like every single one of us deal with level of insecurity at different times in our life. So insecurity can become a stronghold because what happens is we get insecure, so we oppose that with pride. Well, pride is actually in the opposition of God, and so it keeps us in that particular spot. Another common stronghold that a lot of people have is anger. You know, maybe just there's this anger inside of you, this smoldering fire that burns inside of you and and it's just constant there and you recognize it and just you have anger inside of you. Uh, Maybe it's alcohol. And maybe that's just something that you've continued to battle against, you know, through your whole life. It could be related to your identity. You're uncertain of of who God has made you to be. And so the enemy has lied to you and you believe the lies. So you struggle with your identity. It could be bitterness. Something that happened probably in a relationship caused you to be uh, you know, resentful towards that particular person and now you continue to carry bitterness and it's a stronghold in your life. A stronghold could also be something related to sexual immorality. It could be related to lust, something that you continue to battle and struggle and it's, you know, it could become this addiction. And, and there's lots of different ways of strongholds you know, that the enemy uses against us. One of them quite simply could be a victim mentality where you feel like the whole world is always against you and you're always getting knocked down. And well, where does that come from? The enemy is speaking those lies and things and he wants to cause you to feel oppressed and held down. That's a victim mindset that we have to recognize. And uh, gosh, there's so many that you could be using a substance to cope with your life. Uh, it, It could be the misuse of money where you continue to just be stingy and greedy, you, you overspend, you, you rob God. There's so many different ways where money can be like a stronghold. It could be food. Food can be a stronghold where, where we're just, there's overeating, there's bulimia. There, there's so many examples of, 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 of issues and strongholds, and, but often they are associated to a relationship. That's what I wanna be really clear about. Many times the strongholds that we're experiencing, are they, they're caused because of some turmoil in a relationship that we've had in the past. Because I feel if we look at our culture, our city, our region, our state, our nation, I feel like we are more in debt than ever. I feel like we are more addicted to things than ever. We're more emotionally unhealthy, overweight, maybe more than any generation before us. Because when I talk to people that have a few generations under their belt, they're like, wow, I'm really concerned about the present time and the future. So why is it that we have all this stuff and all these things and technology and money and and all these things, but yet we find ourselves in such unhealth? And I feel it's because fear has developed a stronghold in our life and he wants to stay. Well, I got news for you, he doesn't have to. And today can be the day where that stronghold of fear is broken in your life. Whatever it looks like, whatever it is, whatever the thing that it is that that holds you back and down and you know it's there, that does not have to stay 
in your life. And so just from my personal life, one of the ones that I'm very thankful for that my parents dealt with is the, the generational aspect of alcoholism. I mean, we, we're all aware of it. We're, it. It's significant and usually it's something that's learned, it's passed down, you know, that addiction, the, 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 un, the inability to cope with a situation and then moving towards alcohol. So for me, like my great-grandparents, my grandparents, they were all alcoholics. They, 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 and so my parents, you know, praise God, you know, in a time when, when they had just this revelatory instance in their life with the Holy Spirit where God began to work on them, they're the ones that broke that generational curse of alcoholism over us. Like yeah, they stopped it, they caused it to cease, God set them free. And so I'm thankful, I don't have to deal with it. Like I don't struggle with alcoholism, but I know my parents did, I know my grandparents did. And so there are different aspects where strongholds come in, but they don't have to stay. They don't have to remain in your life. And so that destructive cycle and that destructive pattern that we constantly find ourselves in, that cycle where we're just going, oh, I'm not, I'm not getting anywhere. If you'll let him, the Lord will absolutely bring freedom and restoration in your life today. But do you believe that? Do you want that? Do you desire that? And so I, I just, I believe that the Lord wants to heal you. If you're willing to take that step forward, he wants to do that. And so he wants to remove the enemy's activity and stronghold that we're experiencing. In fact, he says just this in Psalm 144, you know, that God, he, he's my loving ally and my fortress. Can you hear all the military language? He, he's my tower of safety, my rescuer. He's my shield and I take refuge in him. He makes the nation submit to me, so powerful, so significant when we take those verses and we adopt them as our own and we speak them out in the first person. And so here's the first point I wanna share with you is that there's a battle for the high ground in your heart. Like there's a battleground there and like having the high ground is, is so significant. It's easier to defend. And once you have it, it's easier to hold. There's a battle for the high ground in your heart. And so you have to do me a favor I'm talking about strongholds. I told you it was gonna be a little bit deeper. I just need you to like open up a little bit. Like I need you to get a little bit vulnerable with yourself and the Lord. And so we shouldn't ask, do I have any strongholds? I actually don't think that we should ask that. No, it should be, what strongholds do I have? Because what the devil wants right now is he wants the pride to rise up inside of you and for you to say, I don't have any strongholds. That's exactly what he wants. So what if we did just the opposite? In this moment, let's be vulnerable before God. He's perfect, he's amazing, he loves us so much. What if instead we just go, you know what? I might be ignorant of a particular stronghold in my life. Because here's the deal, we're talking about military battle strategy, right? Well, the, the devil wants to use camouflage. He wants to take a stronghold of your heart, that, that high ground, he wants to move it off to the side and he doesn't even want you to see and know it's there. He wants you to be comfortable with it and, and work around it and just kind of get used to it, right? So, so don't think, I don't have any strongholds in my life. Don't believe that lie because we've got to ask the Lord and say, God, where aren't you Lord in my life? And so that's the question I wanna to pose to you. What particular area in your life isn't surrendered to the Lord? Where isn't God number one and the primary one that you're looking at for every single aspect? Like we all have it. 
And so what if we just got so vulnerable and allowed the Lord to do something penetrating in our life regarding the stronghold? Some of them, we don't even know they're there. Because it says in Psalm 139, I would ask that you would make this part of your prayer, like that, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And so I believe that God has something more. I believe that God has something better for you. I believe that God sees the anxious thoughts that you have. I believe that God sees the stronghold that's inside of your heart and he wants to deal with it. Like the Holy Spirit's here, he's present. I hope that you feel it. Maybe I asked you if you were a little bit nervous. That's okay, that's totally normal because God wants to do something bigger. He wants to bring healing because he's got something better for you. I mean, sometimes in our life we're going, God, isn't there more? God, isn't there something big for me? God, what's my purpose? Lord, what do you want me to accomplish? He wants to show you, but the problem is we're being held down and held captive because of a stronghold of fear. He can't let you go free in that particular area because there's a stronghold that you've got to defeat and he wants to defeat it for you. And so we can't experience that breakthrough that we're longing for and some of us, you're praying for it. You're praying for a particular breakthrough, a particular area of your life, and God's saying, you've got to deal with this first. If you cross over the enemy lines and you haven't dealt with that front line, you just end up isolated and surrounded by the enemy. You want to go to that particular area, but God's going, no, 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 no. You've got to deal with this first. You've got to take this stronghold first. And so he's exposing that. And I, you have to recognize that there is an enemy Paul is using military words, and so God is our Father, and he's in heaven, and he's all-powerful and strong, and that's amazing. We love him, but there is opposition, and it's the devil, and he opposes you. He wants you to remain captive in fear. He doesn't want you to see the stronghold. He doesn't want you to deal with it, and I would even say some of you, you had to fight to get here today. Right, all the dirty diapers, all car problems, traffic, whatever it is, you, you made a U-turn to get in. Like Grace Church is the U-turn church. I don't, did you know that? Like you gotta make a U-turn if you're gonna come to Grace. Like, so just be okay with it. Like we're cool with it. That's what repentance is, we're all about it. So like, you, but there, you may have faced some opposition to get here. So let me share with you, here, here's what Jesus explained in John 10, 10. This is the first part of that verse. It says, the thief, which is the devil, the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and to destroy. Have you ever had somebody in your life that it just seemed like they were out to get you? You know what I'm talking about? That, that person, they always just were doing things against you and coming against you, causing issues and problems. And you're going, what's the deal? Like, what, what did I do to you? You know, but they're in opposition to us. I know for, for me in my life, I, I have several examples. I'll, I'll share, from, share one from fourth grade, you know, for all the 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds, you know, fourth grade. Uh, there, I was bullied in elementary school. You know, there was this one kid in my class and, and he would pick on me and bully me and tease me. And, you know, nowadays they don't let bully, bullying happen, but it happens. You know, it's very real. So, you know, I'm so glad that they're teaching kids to rise up and stand against it. But I'll tell you what, I can remember those instances of being bullied from that kid very vividly. I remember them. The words he said, the things that he did, like they stand out. They made an impression on me. They created a stronghold of insecurity in my life. And so what about you? 
Who is that person or people that they were just out to get you? It could have been your boss. Maybe you didn't have a great boss and, and you're going, I deserve this promotion and they don't give it to you time after time. You go, what's the deal? What, what, I'm trying to work hard for you. Maybe it's a coworker where they just, they're constantly undermining you and, and trying to be in opposition to you. It, and oftentimes the thing that's so hard is it can be a family member like a family member constantly combating us, causing us issues, and that's what's so hard. We're going, you're supposed to be on my team. Why are you making this so difficult? Like they're always out to get you, so take that, right? And, and we, we feel it, like you, you've got their mind, you know, or you have their, their face in your mind right now, and you're like, I'm gonna come after them. Like, I'm, you're, like you're, you're mad, like you're fired up and stuff. So take that, right? Remember that, because here's what you need to understand. The devil is that times a million, times a million. He, he's that, and you, right now you feel it inside of you. you. You're wanting to throw some blows. Well, he's that times a million more because think about the devil in his nature, all the evil, all the hate, all the malice against people, all the, the, the unfortunate circumstances, the guilt, the abuse, the shame, the rape, the murder, all of that is his nature. He spews all of that out on us and wants to affect us and cause us to live in fear and remain in fear. All that rage inside of him is directed towards us because when we are in Christ, we then become opposition to the enemy. And so he wants to use all of that against us and he wants fear to remain as a stronghold. But there's a second part to that verse. And I love it. So Jesus offers this, it's so different. The thief's purpose to kill, steal, and destroy. And my purpose, Jesus's purpose, is to give them rich and satisfying life. And so this rich, satisfying, Jesus is talking about abundant life. Uh, the, the version of the Bible that I use is the New Living Translation. So there's different versions that use different synonyms at this point. So we're talking about a full, abundant, joyful Life. So in, in this version, they use the word rich. So we automatically associate that with money and wealth. This isn't talking about money at all. Like this isn't about dollars in your pocket or your bank account. This is about rich in life with family and friends, relationships, our connection with God, where we're so satisfied that we're totally content because we are, have this incredible connection with the Father through Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, hey, this guy came to kill you and destroy you, but I have come that you might have life and have it full when you're in me. And so we're constantly battling this fear that the devil brings to establish a stronghold because he's just trying to stop us. Like he's trying to stop us from having abundant life. So it, when you understand just the theology of salvation, uh, for, for those of you that are not yet a Christian, we're so glad that you're here, uh, but here's the deal. Like Jesus did die. He was real. He's God's son, and he laid his life down on the cross, and he rose again. There are, there are eyewitnesses to it. It's proven. It's a fact. The question is, do you believe it or not? And so when, when those of us that commit to follow after Jesus, the devil can't take that away. Like we give Jesus everything. We're like, I can't do it. I submit to you and I surrender to you, but... The devil will absolutely still try to prevent us from having an abundant life because there's life and then there's abundant life. 
right? I hope this is making sense. So like for me, I don't wanna just make it through life. I don't wanna just skate by in life and squeak into heaven, just kind of make it by the skin of my teeth. Like I, that's not my goal. Like I, I don't want to, to try and, you know, get, get in on the line, you know, by the slimmest of margin. That's not what I'm about. That's not who I am. I wanna live. Like I wanna live this full abundant life before my eternal life. I get two lives. I get this life on earth that I can be full of God's presence and his Holy Spirit. And then I also get eternal life, which is incredible. So to me, I'm like, if I'm gonna be here now, I might as well follow after him because he's the one that makes it overflow flowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you just a simple visual. It's right here. So you can have the snack size piece. This is one bite. Like you can have that. Like this is Jesus. Jesus loves chocolate and like he's all about it. And he's given this to you. He's like, you can be in me and you can like come with me and hang out in heaven for eternity. That, that this can be you. Or you can have this satisfaction that you can experience this fullness. Because, I mean, let's be honest, this, this is just not enough anyways. Like if you're a chocolate lover like me, you're going, that's, that's like half a bite. I need 75 of these to, to, to get me anywhere close to what I want. So it's like, man, there's, this, there's more. There's more available to us. So do you just want to taste or do you want to stuff your face full of God's presence? And so I just, I think, wow, I'm getting some applause on the Snickers example. Like, all right, I love it. So the, I think part of the problem is we just have gotten used to the stronghold. I, I do. I think we, we know it's there and we've allowed it to remain. Because I believe what I've been praying is that the Lord would speak to you and show you what those are. And I believe he's actually shown you previously. Those areas in our heart that we're going, oh, that's the ugly part. I think those are exposed and they're revealed. But we've just accepted it. We accommodate. I guess I'm just that way. My grandpa was angry. My dad is angry. I got that Irish blood. Like, what, like we, there's, there's excuses. There's excuses that we use. Let me give you just a, a practical example. This may relate a little bit more to the ladies, but us guys will get it, we understand. It, it's, it's when you get new shoes, right? So you get new shoes and you like them. You, you, you see them online, you see them at the store, you're like, yes, I'm gonna look dope in those. I gotta have those, my size. You know, you put them on and, and, they, and they look cute. They look awesome, tough. So you, like you're wearing them and, and then, ugh, new shoes, all of a sudden, right back here, like you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I got red socks on today. So it's like you, they're right back there on your heel, it, all day on your feet. <sighs> Starts to wear on there and you get a blister, right? Normal, we get it, but you like those shoes. So you wait a little bit, blister kind of goes away. You put them on again, again at work. You're going, oh, another blister. You try the Band-Aid thing, but you like the shoes so much that you say, I'm just gonna kind of tough it through. I'm gonna put them on, I'm gonna tough it through. And then what happens is you have a blister that develops on top of where a blister was, right? And, and you're like, but I really like these. I have to kind of push through. Then what happens is the skin on the backside of our heel, it starts to get a little bit tougher, doesn't it? And then you're going, yes, I can wear these without getting a blister. But what happened was the skin now has developed a callus. And so those shoes are, you know, a physical example on our feet. But what happens if we take that and put a spiritual spin on it and we say, what if that blistering and that callousness is actually in our heart where we've been blistered 
so many times previously because of fear and issues in relationships that now our heart is a little bit calloused and a little bit tougher. And that's what happens. And that's hard and we've got to address it. So the problem is when we've just been blistered time and time and time again and we're hurt and we feel the pain. And so that's, I hate it. I've been through it and so have you. But when we allow that callousness to remain, what happens is we then also become less sensitive to the movement of the Holy Spirit. We're unfortunately a little bit jaded against God. And so when he tries to move, we're going, "Mm, I needed you there and that place and you didn't meet me there. So I'm gonna do this one on my own. And that's exactly the opposite of what the Lord wants but that's what the devil wants, that callousness. So we have to recognize that and acknowledge it. So there's a battleground, there's a battle for the high ground in your heart. And so I don't wanna just talk about all the bad stuff. Uh, I wanna talk about the good stuff. So how do we get free? If, 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 if there's a battleground, right, and we get it and it's, it's tough, how do we get free? And so this is God's love. God's love is what brings the breakthroughs in our life. And please understand, this is not simple because we go, oh, God's love is the end. Yes, it's amazing and we receive it, his grace and goodness. But this is so deep. I, like this has to saturate your soul because this is 1 John chapter 4 starting in verse 15. Track along with me. Are you ready? It says, all who declare that Jesus is the son of God ha- have God living in them. And they live in God. Yes, I get that. That's salvation, right? We know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. We've heard that before. Yes, God is love. That's great. And all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. As we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Yes, this is great. I love it. So we will not be afraid of the day of judgment but we can face him with confidence because we live like Jesus here in this world. Such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. Do you see what's happening there? Do you see, like, can you see the, how God is laying out that formula and what takes place? We get it, God is love, Jesus, God am, yes, but then if we don't fully walk in that in this world, in this life, we actually are afraid of what God might say and do. So fear, what the enemy tries to do, is he tries to do, he tries to make us afraid of God. We're afraid of the judgment. We're afraid of the condemnation. We feel guilty. We feel shameful when we're in God's presence. That's exactly what the devil wants. So I'm telling you that can be a stronghold that the enemy is imposing on you. And the way that that changes is we walk in God's perfect love. We just say, God, I'm not perfect, but you are. You love me. I'll just let your love dominate my life. And so it sounds really easy, but it is extremely difficult. This is a great passage. It's very deep. But what does it all mean? What does it look like? So if you don't know that God loves you so much and Jesus is here, you need to know that. That's absolutely first. And so if you need to make Christ your Lord and Savior, if you're watching online, you can click, I said yes to Jesus. You can pick out the the prayer card on the back of the, the chair and you can click, I said yes to Jesus. That's the first step. So then what happens though, that's just the beginning. That's the first bite. There's so much more. Then we live this life with him and we get the eternity at the end. 
And so that's why when we're alive and breathing, we're alive in Christ. And so that assurance should eradicate fear from our life. And so I just, I need you to understand, you don't have to be afraid of anything anymore. Fear is something that we allow in our life. We can put up a barrier and say, no more. And so today, unfortunately, we've allowed those fears to remain and it's now a stronghold. We're gonna address the strongholds. You know, at the end of the service, we're gonna do some very significant things to experience that breakthrough that we need because I believe that the Lord wants to remove the stronghold of fear, whatever it is, fear of you fill in the blank today. So perfect love expels the fear. God's love, perfect love gets rid of the fear. Well, what's perfect love? I'll read it to you. It's in 1 Corinthians 19. Maybe the the pastor read this at your wedding ceremony. It says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wrong. It doesn't rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. It gives you a little bit of a warm feeling, doesn't it? But there's a problem. We're not that. We can't do that. Like, are you kidding me? Look at the list of things that's in there. We can't do that. We want to. Oh, I love you so much, baby, you know? But sometimes you make me mad. Like, it's, that's, that's how we feel. So we want perfect love. God is the only one that can give us that perfect love through Jesus. And then he's the one that causes it to expel the fear out. But we can't do that on our own. I mean, let's be honest, right? In and of ourselves, our thoughts, our emotions cause us to what? They cause more pain and issues in other people and in our life. We're in fact inflicting fear into other people. We're supposed to be loving and awesome and amazing, but we can't do that without the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so that's why Jesus had to come for us while we were still sinners, because we got problems, so we can't do that. But now, being in Christ and following after him, he gives us his love. His love then expands in our life. And what does it do? It then pushes out all the fear. Perfect love expels the fear in our life. And so I just, like you have to be a recipient of Christ's love and receive it and let more and more. And so then Jesus is the one that pushes out the strongholds that the enemy has established. Jesus is the one that brings those strongholds down. And so some of you, you're acknowledging that you've got a stronghold and there's nothing wrong with that. I I even said at the beginning, I believe that all of us have a particular stronghold. The question is, are we willing to admit it? Or are we allowing pride to rise up and be like, I don't have a stronghold. So I believe that the strongholds need to get torn down. Let me jump back to 2 Corinthians 10, verse four. It says that we, we don't use earthly weapons, but we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly ones, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. So why are we relying on our own willpower to defeat that stronghold of fear that still remains? Because you've tried. You've seen it and it's ugly. You don't like it. You've tried in your own strength to do it and you couldn't. 
And so God is speaking to you through his word today and saying, you don't have to try, I can. So God wants to, he wants to bring down that stronghold and that's so significant. So what I wanna do is a a couple of practical things. I, I try and preach like God's word and powerfully and here's four practical things that you've got to do to remove strongholds. The first is you've got to identify it. You got to give it a name. And I know it's ugly if it's, and and you don't like it, you don't like addressing it, uh, but you've got to identify it. Because if you don't know what you're fighting against, then you're just fighting against something invisible. So pull the camouflage off the ones that you're ignorant of and stand before God and be like, I don't like it, but put a mirror in front of me and you show me. So identify what they are. Then the second thing we do is we repent. We do a U-turn. We repent of those things that we've done, acknowledge our sin, say, God, I, wanna, I don't wanna have anything to do with it anymore. Would you change me and renew me? Then we take a step of, uh, that's very practical where we get accountability. We need accountability. Uh, if you've been in the church for a few decades, like in the 90s, accountability was super popular and now it's not as popular so much because we don't wanna tell people our bad stuff. We just wanna make it seem like we're good. We put on a mask, we pretend and we're fake, but we need accountability. Somebody you know, that you love, that you trust, that you could say, I struggle with this and I need your help. Because then that does number four, where it creates more dependency, not on our own willpower, but on his power. We're talking about supernatural, Holy Spirit, dynamic power, where we cry out to the Lord and be like, I can't do it, but I know you can and I want you to. I'm gonna let you come on in and renovate. Come on in and bring some demolition, baby. Bring out the hammer and smash some stuff down. Knock those strongholds, because I'm tired of it. A few years ago, I had a a close friend of mine and and they were having some issues, some strongholds, some fear from past, like things related to abandonment and relationship. I mean, we're talking about deep-rooted issues. It was raw, we had a great conversation, we were talking about it. And so I felt like I, I needed to do something more. You know, how, you know what I'm talking about? Where God just going, that's great that you're listening, but what if you help them to overcome? And so I'm going, yes. So I did something, what I thought was brilliant. I went to the thrift store. I took 10 bucks to the thrift store. Y'all know you can buy a lot for 10 bucks at the thrift store. I showed up at the thrift store and I bought all the glassware, the plates, the glasses, the cups, the mugs, the vases, all of grandma's stuff that she got rid of, like y'all put it in the thrift store. I went and bought it for 10 bucks, like 25 cents a piece. I had a case of all the the plastic or the, the glassware that you had Thanksgiving on like 20 years ago. I had it all. And I took my friend and we went out to a remote place where nobody else would be. They weren't hanging out, very secluded. And I brought a hammer and I brought all the glass and we set it up and we prayed. I was like, God is in this moment and it's so big, it's so significant. We prayed, we prayed over the specific things that they needed breakthrough on and then we started breaking glass. I mean, mean, we wore safety goggles, we were safe. Just smashing, smashing stuff. It was awesome. It was so powerful. Tears were shed, like this is a significant moment, significant breakthrough. And so that's what God wants in your life today. So what we've done is we're gonna create an atmosphere where some strongholds are gonna get smashed down. We're gonna bring the hammers out and we've got some, some awesome white tiles for you. And what we're gonna have you do is you can line up right here at the front, you can see the bins, there's tiles, there's hammers and there's Sharpies. We just simply want you to write what your fear is. What's the stronghold? And then we're gonna smash it down. Like we're gonna take it down, we're gonna take it out. That's what this is about. That's where we're going. 
So we're in just a moment, like I'm gonna pray, we're gonna go after God, but then I need you to come up. Like, don't let pride hold you in your seat. Today's the day. Like we're talking victory, it's gonna be big. We do ask that you wear your safety goggles because shards of glass are gonna go, you know? So we just wanna protect the band, we wanna protect you, the front row, like front row, get ready. Like, so that's what we're about. So are you willing to receive from the Lord and what he's got? Because it's so big. And so if y'all could do me a favor, go ahead and stand up and get ready. Get ready to receive and get ready for those breakthroughs that you've been looking for. So God, we come before you and Father, we acknowledge, uh, Lord, we're just, we're sinful. We've got flaws and issues and we repent from those. Lord, we're so sorry. We've allowed those things to remain. Lord, there's some deep rooted issues of bitterness and resentment and rage inside of us. And God, right now we feel very uncomfortable, but Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you come and bring your comfort in only the way that you can, that you would renovate and renew us, that you would give us a mind like Christ, that you would restore our heart. Lord, peel away those callous areas. Lord, that you would make our hearts soft again. And Father, we just wanna acknowledge that we need this. We're desperate for you. I pray for a significant move of your Holy Spirit in this place in our lives, that we would experience the breakthrough that you offer us in Jesus' name.